Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Here today with Mike Young from Vimy. Mike, how are you? I'm well. You're happy, here. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'll destroy it five for 272 in the cricket. Oh, just leave it. Just okay. leave it, seriously. Right. People are turning off right now. Um, you're here at the WNA. That's what you're here for. We are. So we're here for the World Nuclear Association Symposium. Yeah. And we've also spent a couple of days on the road right. uh, with uh, Bacchus Capital. Which is so let's great. start with that first. Okay. 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 So you've been talking to a few institutions, family offices, yep. uh, about potential of raising some money. Well, it's called a non-deal roadshow. So sure. basically what you're doing is just um, introducing Vimy to these people in the event at some point in the future, you might raise money. I've you never can... seen a non-deal roadshow, <laughs> which right. is so about raising be... money. Well, uh, but, but... no, I mean, you, you, you know, you look at our balance sheet and you say, okay, well, it's you know, obvious, at some right? point in the not too future. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, so it's pretty, it's a pretty typical formula. Yeah. 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 We've, all but, been, we've all been there. Yeah. What's been good is that the, the caliber of people we're seeing is, is um, high and that's because... And what's the mood? The mood's actually good. I think um, we've come out of a, a couple of years where the mood's been bad. Um, and what's mm. interesting is that the mood of the investors is quite independent of the WNA, because most of these people won't be at the WNA, but the WNA yeah. itself, which I think Julian might talk about later. Absolutely. Um, the fuel report is the best one that's come out in the last seven. So Got it. But back know, to so, these investors. Back to these investors. So the investors are, are people who understand the macro, uranium macro. Some of them, okay, some of them already own uranium shares and have, in fact, some of the people we saw have small uranium funds. We picked Bacchus Capital on purpose because they did the yellow cake float. So they get your okay. They don't. These people you were seeing, mm -hmm. investors, they understood the macro situation and the supply demand uh, and the economics. What, what, mostly, we, what, mostly. what were most so, of the questions about? What, so what were we fielding? Um, <laughs> when's the price going to go up? That was every. The constant theme was when are you going to write a contract? I think there was an expectation. So. Let me back up a bit. They understand the uranium macro, mm. but unless you live in the industry, you don't understand the micro. Sure. And there's a lot of different micros that are pushing in different directions. Like what? What do you mean? Well, for example, contracting. Okay. okay. So people, um, I think people expected um, the 232 decision to have some sort of effect on the spot price like it would have in, say, gold, copper, or nickel, where there's a market and a speculative and market. It and it just didn't. Right. Because the spot price is basically a reflection of the, con the contracting um, that's going on, and there was just no contracting. Nobody wrote contracts the day after the 232. Right. Now, part of the reason was it was August and it was North America. I sure. mean, the place closes down. So let's, let's, not get, let's not get drawn <coughs> into that well-trodden path of 232 working no, no, group but, committee. But, sorry. but what, what, did you have to explain that to them, or were they aware of what had been going on? No, we, 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 we really, um, a lot of the discussion revolved around exactly how the utilities operate, okay. why they're taking their time, the timing, uh, and what our expectations were. And, and as we explained to them, the early contracts aren't going to be much more than the current price, the term price. And that's because you've got lower cost producers. Okay. So as we move into the, con there's definitely demand. And we know that um, open requirement has to be filled. So, well, you say there's definitely demand, but th there's still timing on that, right? There's not demand today. No, they're burning material they bought three years ago. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So demand is coming, is what we're saying. The, the demand story Correct. is understood. Correct. Right. So, is, is, but did these investors understand that? No, a lot don't. A, a lot of the investors are um, they're commodity investors. 
and it's I made the I made the same um, assumptions when I started yeah. in this space that there's more immediacy in most other commodities than there is in um, and understanding uranium, pardon and, me, and much more understanding of yeah. other commodities than uranium. Right? Correct, and uranium is more like uh, LNG, liquefied natural gas, which are long-term contracts that are. Yeah, it's very similar. In fact, I was having a discussion in um, Perth with um, someone in government, and they actually. Uh, I remember one of the policy advisors said, hey, that sounds just like LNG. And I went, well, it kind of is like LNG, right? There's a very small spot market and mm. there's this time lag. So I think, I think um, there's a couple of things at play. So people have uranium fatigue. Yep, heard it all before. It's going to come, it's going to come. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what I mean about the micro. So some of the things like yellow cake, for example, mm -hmm. um, We've never seen that before where a group comes in and buys that much uranium and sequesters it. It's basically parked, yep. right? Because they trade on net asset value. Um, you've got Kazatomprom, which is now westernized. So two years ago, they were behaving- Partially like a, westernized. Well, but, but they, still have, they still have an accountability to their guidance they never had before. Okay. Okay. Let's say that's true. Well, Riaz Rizvi, who's their chief commercial officer and does the marketing, says that's true. Right. He says that we have to be careful now because we have a responsibility. Um, but not only that, they have westernized their accounting. I mean, when Riaz went in there, mm. um, you know, they had old Soviet-style accounts and they were just churning out the pounds. That's how they yeah. measured it. They weren't yeah. looking at margins. So that's different. Um, I think the utilities, um, their buying habits may change. They used to write these 10-year contracts. Mm. You know, I think, I think that may change. The contract cycles may come down um, lower. So there's a lot of... A lot of different things that are, some are interconnected and some aren't, that are different this mm. time, mm -hmm. you know. But the thing is, the, the 232 really focused, um, uh, I guess, everyone's attention who were outside the industry on it because it, was, it got a lot of airplay. Um, but in terms of the contracting cycle, what will happen over the next 18 months as they fill their forward requirements is the early contract the early bird will get the worm, right? The early contracts will get the cheaper prices and they'll basically climb up the price curve. Sure. And because we sit in the third quartile happily, um, we'll be one of the people getting contracts as they creep up the curve and sure. the price increases. Because okay. as they continue to write contracts, the lower um, the lower price material will start to disappear. Um, and, and as Julian will talk about the long-term macro, there is a supply deficit. We yeah. can see it. And what people, another thing, so we talk about investors not getting part of the uranium market. What's interesting is people in the uranium side don't get investment side. No, absolutely, absolutely. That's really interesting. Absolutely. Look, and I, and I don't want to focus on that today. You know, because we, we we talked oh, about some of those things. <laughs> yeah, but but <laughs> but I'm into the <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. Um, you know, that, well, that's, all that's fascinating. I, I, I was just interested no, in the no, mindset of investors. Let me just, let me just finish investors. that thread because what's important, and, and again, this is about this is about long term. What people on the buy side of uranium are missing is mm. just how long it takes to put new production into the marketplace. Absolutely, and, and that's really fascinating. That one, both sides don't quite. They've get got the other. different objectives. So I understand, and we've covered that on a few meetings yep. that we've had the past couple mm -hmm. of days. So, but I want to talk about you. That's why you're here. Okay. Oh, I want to talk about me. Okay, good. We're on the same page at last. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we're we, we're Vimy. Mm -hmm. 
you've got you've got a couple of assets to talk about Mulga Rock, etc. Yeah. You know where you're at with those very quickly for people because I want to get into sure. talk about that. So Mulga Rock DFS finished. We're looking at uh, a refresh, if you like, just looking mm. at some of the things we want to try and get our capital costs down, right? Uh, particularly on the mining fleet side. So there's yep. 100 million there of uh, Australian of mining fleet, and we think we've got a solution to that. So we're working with people on that. Um, solution to do what? Just, just to take, well... Shave things. Yeah, so so in the DFS, we made the assumption that we would manage and own the mining fleet. Now, that has inherent risk. It's the cheapest option uh, on paper, but if you have you know, problems mm. with your mining fleet or mining, then it becomes a, a more significant problem, whereas okay. you can you can put that risk onto an earth-moving contractor, but you pay a bit more, okay. and that goes onto your operating okay. side. So things like that, you know, uh, staffing levels, um, you know, cost of people 18 months ago, um, a mine manager was different price than he is today. Um, mm -hmm. Things like that. So we 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 call it a refresh, if you like. So that, we're doing right? that. Mm -hmm. um, there's not much else to do on that. That's just going to be market driven. So yep. you know, you get the contracts, you get the debt. We have talked to debt providers on this trip. Because um, this is what I want to talk about. Yep. I want to get into this. The, the, okay. the numbers, okay? Because you've got you've got a couple of good assets. Mm -hmm. You know, you've you're at DFS mm -hmm. stage. Uh, you know what you've got, you've got a sense of what you've got, you're refreshing that, get it, but you're in this kind of um, waiting period, this twilight yes. zone, yes. Where every, like, no every, like everyone, right? No man's land, yeah, right? that's right. Yep. But, you know, you, you've now got a sense of the economics um, of this project, you know, have you got or have you made decisions about how you're going to go to market? You've got lots of options. You, you, DFS tells yeah. you a lot of stuff. It doesn't it does. necessarily mean you've got to follow that path as laid out because the market changes, prices change, as you said, and financing will drive this. Correct. The type of financing that you get can drive this. So you're having some debt conversations. Mm -hmm. At some point, you're going to have some equity mm -hmm. partner, strategic partner mm -hmm. type conversations having too. All those. Yep. And they're all happening now. Well, tell yep. us about those. Yep. So um, we. We have put feelers out there saying if you would like to partner with us, come in on okay. as a JV uh, partner. Uh, where, where, where have you gone out to? Oh, everywhere, everywhere you can imagine. So you know, China mainly. That's that's the the okay. one place. Where everywhere in China, partner. then. Everywhere, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> mainly China. Yeah, right. Um, the US utilities don't do that. Right. Okay. So that's off the table. They just don't take that risk. They they tried it once. They took some shares, but they don't yep. do that sort of partnership. Yep. Um, so, you know, China's the main one for strategic partners, but we've, we've basically um, through, started a process of just letting people know that if you're looking for a strategic partnership, right. that could be a large equity group, it could be a PE fund. I mean, right. they do that in gold, they'll go into So this isn't the case of, like, I'm going to hand the keys over. This is, no, this is a, case a strategic of, partnership yeah, together. You, you, you can earn into, say, for, like, say, for example, you earn into 40% of the project right. through, through a sale on a fair valuation, and then you have 40% of the offtake. Okay, so where are these conversations then? I mean, I'm interested to understand, you know, are you getting the sorts of prices that you're thinking you're getting? Like no, cost of money? That, no, you're not, not that, that far advanced? Not that far down. Okay. Um, in terms of pure debt, um, we, have, we have had, um, well, we did announce some time ago that we had SOCGEN doing some work for us, mm -hmm. Society Generale. Mm -hmm. um, the Tixis is now upping their, um, their presence in Australia. They've just mm -hmm. had a merge with a boutique. Um, advisement firm. Mm -hmm. They're French banks, they get uranium. Yeah. Um, we talk to the Australian banks all the time. And then there's some non-traditional style debt here in the city right. um, that we've said, look, this, this is our model. We have a minimum contract price. We've made it public. It's $55. We need 55. That's our floor. Yeah. Um, we get more. Okay. Right? The study was done at 60. Um, the feedback from the, from the um, um, 
utilities mm. is that your price expectations for 2023, when yeah. you would likely be in production, are realistic. Okay. That's the feedback. Now, they're not signing contracts today for that, sure. but they, they do the maths as well. So what we do with that is we say, okay, here's our financial model. Here's the numbers that we're inputting. This is the debt we need. Okay. Um, and then we, we sort of flex uh, how, much, how much will you have, how much offtake will you have? Will it be 50%, 75%? And the answer is, you, well, you tell me because you're lending me the money, yeah. right? So yeah, you, yeah, you need, yeah, we okay. need to know what the payback is. Um, so those are the, the and, and they're just they're not things that are announceable. They're just con you know anybody who understands the space would assume I'm having those conversations. Right. So and tell me, help me understand a little bit of it technically around mm -hmm. what DFS has got in it. I imagine it tells you what it's going to take to get the uranium out of the ground, right? In terms of cost. In terms of cost, yep. economics around that. Does it factor in transportation to I don't know port? Uh, to end user, he's nodding. He says yes. We, so, yeah, yeah. So that's it's the economics the, guy. The, so. Yeah, that's right. The uh, so he he that you're pointing at is Julian Julian, Julian, Julian Tap. Yeah. Yes, he's sitting way over there because his brain's so big we couldn't yeah. get him at the table. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, so we basically uh, the the ownership transfers at the converter. So we deliver right. it to the converter and then they take possession and pay us. And that's your converter. fifty-five bucks. Um, yes. So how do you do that? It surely depends where they are in the world and what the cost of getting well, they, is, right? Sorry, where? It, like, you can't say it's 55 bucks if you're selling to China. It's going to be a different price if you're selling to... There's only to, three uh, places it can go. Right. And that's uh, France, right. uh, Blind River, Ontario, which yeah. it's delivered at Halifax and then railed. Uh, and then it's... Um, there's uh, going to be some variation, but... Well, there's not, a little bit, not, but not, it's not, meaning, not meaningful, right? No, okay. no. Okay, okay, I understand that. Um, so... You, so that's interesting to me. And and who on the team, I know you're keeping a really tight ship. We talked about it before, mm -hmm. okay? You, you're not hiring people you don't need to hire now. You mm -hmm. hire them when you need them. If the price hits 55 and you can get some contracts in place and you can press the big green button, mm -hmm. how quick are you into production? Two years. So FID to production is two years. Build yeah. and spitting out. Yeah product at the other yeah, end. So I think okay. the first year is 2.9 million pounds in year one, and then we ramp so, up to 3.5 by the end of year two. So, that, so that, that's kind of quick into production. There's no kind of ramp actually, up Actually, to me stage. it's not. To me it's not. Yeah, there is a ramp up, but right. it's actually because we pre-dig uh, some of the pits yeah. uh, and stockpile because the pits will become um, the the uh, pits will become the tailings facilities. Right. So that, as part of the build, we actually dig some of the pits and we have stockpiles sitting on the surface. So that right. that assists with your ramp up, right? So we got the ore ready to go. So you, so two years to me seems really short, really long, because right. when I ran that iron ore company, we went from our very first drill hole to first ore and ship in four years. So right. a two year build is and and our our. Well, he was our CEO and he's still on our board. Tony Tony Chamberlain shook his head at me yeah, and said, "This isn't an iron ore mine." You know, it's like, okay, whatever. He's right. Well, yeah, I know he is. But yeah. you know, we have to build a camp. But the, the plant's relatively small. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a big mine. It's uh, eight kilometers long, two and a half kilometers across at its widest. Um, we'll mine it like a strip mine. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of dirt to move. But the plant itself is actually relatively small because the front end we do beneficiation. We wash sand out of the ore, mm -hmm. reduce the volume by fifty percent with no loss in uranium. And so suddenly you're dealing with a relatively small amount of material. So we're relatively, mm -hmm. compared to a lot of people, two years is a short time, just to let you know. I haven't heard anyone today say less, for yeah. instance, in terms yeah. of the juniors who are not producers, okay? It's three years. So 
you're ahead of the curve there. That's actually something, that's something that people should take note of. But what does that tell you in terms of timing for the conversations that you do need to have? I know you're speaking to utilities, but well, you're going to well, have a different conversation with them today than you will maybe for a year's time. But are, sure. are, are, we, are you getting, they're giving you indications about what makes, what makes sense to them, but at what point do you actually start talking about contracts? Oh, we've been doing that for two years. So one no, of the me, things- No, meaningfully. Like, okay, you know, let me, not, let not me the take theory. you through the process that right. we did, right? So we had to actually, so let's go back to our strategy. Mm. So we had to think about where do we want to sell uranium? Yep. So you look around the world, you go, who are the five top countries using yep. this stuff? Well, it's yep. the US, it's France, it's China, it's North Korea, it's Russia. Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, sorry, South Korea, it's not North Korea. They're, uh, they're off our list, just so you know. Just So you got your top five, right? So mm -hmm. of those five, yep. Korea only buys at spot, and yeah. they have some pretty arduous uh, okay. contract requirements, so that tick, they're gone. Yeah. China and Russia, well, they're sourcing their material um, from the stands, so they're not real. Unless you have a strategic partnership, we're not going to be selling a lot of material there, mm -hmm. and China's probably going to buy on the spot mm -hmm. anyway. So, um, and look, to be frank, uh, the two countries you want to be looking at, of course, are France and the United States. Now EDF fuel buyers have told us we're only going to buy from people in production, yep. so now that you've got the US. That's interesting. Okay. Yep. Now, what's, what's interesting about that is they're about 28% of the market. Yeah. So that's a big part of the market. So, okay, we're going to do the US. Is there, in fact, a market for our material? Mm. Well, the way the US utilities manage their portfolios is mm. they like to spread the risk, and they actually layer cake it. They base load it with, um, say, a chemical, yeah, yeah. and then they'll actually have these little tranches right, yeah. that are that are absolutely set for juniors from Australia. Yeah. So what we did, we went around to all the utilities and we said, price being no object, what's your open requirement? Who's your guy in the states? Who's your guy in the Scott? Scott, Scott right? Hyman. Okay, so he's he's there full time. You have been thinking about this. You have been having these conversations. Yeah. You're readying yourselves. Correct. Okay. And. One of the things we've addressed previously is mm. is our uh, DNA and our overheads, right? Mm. And we had what was interesting is that conversation came up. You know, what's your spend? What's your burn rate? Mm. And what we did recently was we had a, an EGM where we voted. We got permission to do salary sacrifice. Right. Um, the reason for that is I wanted to buy shares in a company, but I don't want to reward someone for selling them and this yeah. keeps money in the treasury. Yep. And and some of our staff, uh, some of our directors have gone up to like fifty percent. So that's one way of saving money. Of, what? What do you of mean? their salary, they actually receive in shares. Okay. So we've done that as a way of saying to people, you can buy shares in the company, but the money stays in the company, mm -hmm. which is a great, it's a, it's, it's a really good win-win, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a way of saving money. So one of the things we had to look at was, okay, how ready do we want to be? So t to answer your question, when can you push the big green button? You can't downsize to a point where it's gonna take you two years just to man up again, or sorry, person up again, right? Before you press the button, you want to have your team ready. So we, yeah. that's why we've got Scott on board. That's why mm. we've got Julian. Um, Julian's working part-time. Uh, Scott's working part-time. So we've, we've, we've sort of struck a balance. We downsized the office a bit. We've done a lot of cost cutting, cost savings. Mm. We've got the team ready to go because this, this is the sort of market that'll, that'll flip very quickly. One day we're, we've got a contract and they'll cascade. So it, it may well flip quickly, but the point at which it flips is, is undetermined at the moment. And, and I've heard today, I've heard very 
you know, different yep. views as to when From it's going to go. From people inside the industry. With people inside the industry, and that's that's one thing you'd think they would have a bit more of an insight. Um, that's why I'm interested. That's why I'm at the WNA. I, I want to see what the mood is. What sense you're getting from utility groups and I think you know Julian's going to talk us, talk to us about the fuel report in, in, in a moment um, but you know what, what's your take on when this thing starts to, to motor because some junior companies won't be able to make it through to the end because either they need to go and raise some money I know you're raising some money that's one that's one scenario but people who need to go and raise some money can't raise some money because people are getting a better understanding of the fundamentals of Uranium and perhaps that company, and they had their moment in the sun when they could raise money and may not be able to now. So that's that's a really interesting question. Right? Seeing those sorts and of things. That's a really good right? question. And one of the things the fuel report does talk about mm. is it does talk about who is ready, right? Think about a, a Formula One race. Who's in grid? Who's in pole? And when you look at that, there's not very many. Like who, I, I agree. You know, and that's 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 our point of difference. Yeah, that we have kept the guys good. on board ready to go, we've got an oil reserve, we're going through those secondary approvals, the building permits, if you like. You know, we, we, those will be done well before we have all the contracts yeah. we need for the debt. My window is 18 months. My window is the next 18 months, we get contracts and we move into FID towards the end of next year. That's okay. my working I, I think hypothesis. That is wise, that's wise indeed. You know, because we, we've been asking people of the 55 old companies yeah. which are around, you know, do you think many will be around if this thing does go on another 12 months, let alone 18? What do you think? Well, I think some people will fall by the wayside, partly because they were in it for speculation, not for a long-term, to build a long-term mine. Right. And we're about building a mine and building long-term value because when I ran BC Iron, you know, that was a $13 million listing. Mm. And by the time I left, it was a $650 million company and it got up to 800 before the iron price fell. Yeah. They were selling in a spot market. But, yeah. you know, we generated a lot of value. Yeah. And that was by getting into production, paying dividends. You know, you, you, you just bring on a different class of shareholder. And, right. you know, the people, the people on our books. So we've got some major shareholders in Andrew Forrest and, and Satchim Cove, Mike Elkin. Um, Paradise, they're all they're all long. Right? Yeah. They're not in this to make a quick buck. So your message to shareholders is what to existing shareholders? What are, what are you going to say? Oh, um, you know, thank you for supporting us and continuing to support us. And we've always said this is a long story, and mm. you know, the people that are in, um, they get that. Uh, we'd like to get, you know, some share appreciation along the way. That's what Alligator River does for us. So that's a, a shorter term exploration play with a longer term development place. So that, that was part of the reason we brought that in because I know through my experience that if you, you're building a project, there's two years of not a lot of news. You know, you're just putting this thing up and sending pictures of tanks being welded. Isn't that sexy? So, yeah. you know, Alligator River gives us that extra, that extra. Yeah, you hope, right? You hope. Yeah. There's, no, there's no knowing in this market, no, right? No, no. But you, you point is, so existing shareholders, you're, you know, they're in it for the long haul. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You may get a bump with Alligator River or not, depending on how the market reacts to what's going on. And it's a question of waiting for this price discovery. That's yes. the only way you can affect share price. Yep. Because it's, the reality is, yep. it's out of your control. It's existential, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Good, Good to, see to see you. We'd love love talking to you every single time we, we speak to you. And, and you're over here. All right. Well, hopefully there will be more because I hope we get some some of these London groups to come in and that'll give me an excuse. Let us know how that goes. Let us yeah. know how that goes. Because we have to get a beer. We do need a beer. I'm very good at beer. So let's do that. <laughs> oh, you played rugby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there you go. 
Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.